for great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast. With over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses small and large, they have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it, just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Hey everybody, this is Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's dad, marketing gunslinger, and not the rock star. Let's, let's, let's just get that right out of the way first, okay? And then let's talk about the man. The voice. The Dave Loomis. The Dave Loomis. Oh, my gosh. He is he is the voice. And uh, thank you for joining us again on another episode. I feel like this is the Lone Ranger. You know, I remember the old, oh, another episode. You know, so I feel like it. You know what? 90% of the people listening to us have never heard of the Lone Ranger. So maybe, maybe uh, 95. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe 95. So anyway, this is our episode of the sales, I mean, sorry, the marketing and sales, B2B marketing and sales podcast. I am terrible at remembering the name of our own podcast, which just <laughs> goes to show you there's 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 no branding. Just, branding. Yeah, I'm doing my best. It actually I'm, couldn't be a lot clearer than... than we could come up with something that. very simple, but I would still... I would still muck it up. So yeah. anyway, so so the Dave Loomis, uh, who is in in my opinion, you know, we we actually first met. I'm going to say a year ago, and um, uh, we met through uh, a fellow named Greg Michio. Uh, I believe it was Greg who either had done an interview with you or something like that, and I said, "Greg, this guy is brilliant." Mm. You know, if I had, if I had a British, you know, like a Harry Potter, he's brilliant. He's just, I've got to say, he's brilliant. And uh, uh, and I said, Greg, I got to meet this guy. And so he he introduced us, and you and I chatted. And in the conversation, like in, I think it was like our very first conversation. I just said, I said, we need to just talk, and we need to record these conversations because yes. we have a ton of it. We have a ton of experience. Um, many, many years of experience. But the thing that I like about you that that I don't like about most people um, who have the ton of experience that we have is that most people uh, uh, with a ton of experience get get stuck in the old ways. And uh, and we are we are simply, you know what? We want our clients, our B2B clients to succeed using any and all of the tools that are available to them today okay correct and, and that includes tools from the past so uh of what, and, and so we have this vast experience of going through the years of using the tools from the past tools from the the recent past to the tools of the present and and that's what i that's what i really like about i, I enjoy talking with you 
uh, about these things? Because I know that, that we're going to see stuff that most people won't see. And one of the things that also drew me to you when Greg introduced us was your uh, you know, extensive experience in what, what is known as VOC, voice of the customer. Not to be confused with volatile organic compounds. Oh, you've had this conversation before then. Okay, because oh, I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I actually yeah. was confused you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, in but. fact, recently, uh, maybe this week, I had a conversation with somebody and they were talking about volatile organic compounds oh, and, getting, okay. and getting input from the marketplace. And I said, oh, you mean VOC for VOC? Yeah, and they just kind of looked at me like they didn't think that was funny at all. But oh yeah, people don't see get when I saw sense of yeah humor. when I saw VOC, my first reaction was very old cows. Why the heck would you want to talk about very old cows? But uh, uh, but let's well, stick with the there's volatile organic compounds that come out of there too. So they're yeah they VOCs, do come out of those very old cows for VOC <laughs> if you're interviewing a cow. Yep, but but the voice of the customer. This to me is one of the single most important things. Uh, uh, that businesses can um, embrace and use to their advantage is because, you know, and again, you know, and we were just talking about the fact that I had a conversation with a client earlier today and, and they were talking about this thing that they were offering to customers that was kind of a free, it's a free like, okay, here's a benefit for working with us that we want to give to you. And it's really worth a lot of money, but they're, they're getting very little attraction. Okay. Or, or traction, I should say mm -hmm. with yeah, that. I wonder why. And, and one of the, and one of the, and I made the simple statement. I said, you know what, you know, you and I might think we're offering them something that is unbelievable, but it doesn't, matter what we think it never matters the only thing that matters is what they think and that's where the voice of the customer comes in because you got to learn about it so i'm gonna i'm gonna be your interviewer today and i'm okay. gonna interview you starting right now here's okay. my here's here's my question what okay. is voice of the customer excellent question i have no idea <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm i was I afraid you were gonna say that <laughs> i I and do. so, I so do. thank you for joining us on this episode. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, actually, there's a lot of confusion out there in the marketplace because if you ask most companies, do you have a voice of customer program, they will tell you that they do. And then they will start running down the different ways that conduct voice of customer. Here are some of those. Our salespeople go out and talk to our customers all the time. Our field service people are out there all the time. Um, uh, we have a net promoter score um, survey that we, we do all the time. And so NPS, um, <laughs> and they go to, they, the, the list keeps going. Um, so not many of those um, involve what I would consider be, to be true voice of customer. Um, there's somebody named Abby Griffin who um, was a, a scholar, uh, and many years ago came up with that term in a in an article, um, and she she invented that term actually as it related to new product development. But now it really has taken on much broader uh, scope. 
but I like to think of, of voice of customer as um, typically a more qualitative um, uh, effort that can take place at various stages um, in, of your involvement with a customer. So it could be, uh, it could have to do with product development, in which case you could talk to them when you're um, trying to uncover unmet needs, like very, very blue sky. Uh, you could have a product concept that you want to bounce off of them. You could have a prototype that you want to bounce off of them. You could have a product out there already and you want to just see how things are going. Um, but it, but I do a lot of voice of customer that has to do with all sorts of topics. One would be, hey, why aren't you guys using this free um, uh, offer that we give you? Um, incredible you know, benefit. Why aren't you using benefit? Right. We think it's benefit, but it's obviously not to them or they don't understand it or whatever reason. You'd find out if you ask them. But um, I talk to customers a lot about the uh, value proposition. I, um, I try to understand from them how do they perceive my client and their brand and um, what did they buy initially? Why do they keep buying? What do they really value? Because you can go to the website of my client, um, a number of my clients, and say, here's what it says about, here's what we love to say about ourselves. Here's what our salespeople love to say about ourselves because they think that's the thing. That's the, the real ticket that gets them. And then you go and you listen to the customers and they say, um, actually, um, it's that customer service or it's that um, X, Y, Z, you know, it's something. Um, and it's, it's not always the exact thing that you think it is. Um, in fact, oftentimes it's not. I think, I think that, okay. So, um, yeah, so I, so that to me, that's okay. Voice go ahead. You, you, you finish yeah. your thought, finish your thought. No, that's, that's it. I mean, you asked what's voice of customer. Yeah. I think, you know, that's it. And, and, to, and one last thing is that, um, you can conduct this any, any sort of way you want. There should be no formula. That's the, that's the thing. People overthink this. Okay. There's lots of really in-depth methodologies. I'm certified in a bunch of them. And yes, those are great under certain circumstances. I've been accused of being certified in some things too, but they, you know, they don't. Oh, yeah, that's no. not what I said. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can pick up the phone and talk to somebody for a couple of minutes. You could do a Zoom call um for a half an hour you could go out there and meet with them in person you, uh, informally formally you could do voc work over dinner uh or coffee or whatever the whole point is um and i well I, that's the end of that you probably have other questions but I well guess. okay let me yeah let me direct you at, uh, in why uh, why voc is actually harder than most people think it is. Um, because, you know, like you said earlier, you know, that, that a lot of companies will go, oh, my, our salespeople are talking to, talking to the, the customers all the time. You know, our other people, you know, our customer service people, they're talking to them all the time. And I'm, and, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, are they, are they asking the right questions? No. And then are they listening? To the no. answers and, no. and and stuff like that, and because because for me and um, and reading your book and where you talk about voice of the customer, if and I'm 
I'm I'm trying I'm remembering I think what you said because I think this is where I learned it. Okay, uh, is is that it, when you're doing voice of the customer, the point is. All right, I'm I'm going to back. Okay, I'm I'm going to rewind here for just a second. I'm going to talk about something that I talk about all the time, and that is heuristics. Okay. Okay, and heuristics <clears throat> basically is that. And the simple way of, descri of describing heuristics, it's it's how we see the world, right? It's it's how we see the world. But here's the th here's the big thing about it is that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Okay, that's the number one thing about heuristics. And what we need to recognize is that our customers have different heuristics. They see the world their way we see the world our way but what we the mistake we make is that then as we look at them we analyze evaluate and come up with answers based on our heuristics yeah, not we, theirs we, we do we do so so you said why is it why, why is it so hard to do maybe to do right um and i think there's a number of reasons and and the one that you just brought up is is a big one it's it's really mindset so the when we say salespeople go in there and talk to folks all the time or maybe we send our field service or engineers or what have you to talk to customers they're doing two things they're selling or they're solving and we love salespeople uh, because they sell yeah, but but that's that's their in their DNA. When they hear a customer problem, they try to connect it with something that we already have in our, you know, in our cabinet, and tell them about it. And so they say, "I'm having a problem with X." And instead of saying, "Oh, tell me more about that problem," they say, "Well, we've got the N33 XD." You know about that, right? No, I didn't know about the enter. Well, let me tell you about it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. What was that customer going to say when you brought up? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what they were going to say? Um, the other thing is if you got an engineer in there, they want to solve it. So they're, I'm having a problem with X. Really? Oh, well, what if you tried this? What if we moved the the on off switch to the side instead of the front you know um and then they get into that conversation but think about how it goes when a customer says i'm having a problem with x really tell me more about that well it happens this is what happens blah 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 oh really how often does that happen blah 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 where and when um and oh, why, why is that important to you? Um, why why, why, why is, that, is that important to you? How does that impact you? Right. How does that impact you? Well, when that happens, we have to shut the line down. Oh, how much does that cost? Have you ever calculated how much it costs when you sh shut the line down? Well, yeah, it costs us like $30,000 a minute to shut our line down. What? You're kidding. So if we eliminated this problem, you wouldn't have to shut your line down. We'd save you $30,000 a right. minute. Um, and there you have it. 
because you almost are starting into understanding the value of solving the problem, but you, otherwise you wouldn't have gotten it, you know? So what I say about VOC is that you have to think about before, during, and after the meeting. And before the meeting, you have to like actually mentally prepare for it. And you have to mentally prepare to listen, to be a good listener. And part of that is just making sure that you're going into the meeting thinking that this is about them, not you. Do you really care? Do you really care authentically, honestly, etc., about finding out what's going on and them and helping them? If you do, then VOC is actually easy. There's no wrong question if your intention is right. So that's before the meeting, before you, a single word is ever uttered. If you set your mind the right, then you can uh, get off to the right start. And in the meeting, I have a whole bunch of different tips, but my favorite one is patience. You actually have to, when you ask that open-ended question, so what problems are you having? You have to wait. It's so awkward. It's so hard to wait because the human brain wants to answer in like 2.5 seconds. And we think that we're doing them a favor by filling in this this empty space. Ooh, we see them struggling. We see them, oh, we're going to help them. We're going to suggest something. We're going to lead the witness. Oh, okay. You'd probably, I'll bet this is a problem for you, right? Uh, well, yeah, I guess it kind of is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that. If you just waited, what would they have said? Who knows? They might have told you something incredibly important. So we really need to be patient. Um, and, and then the third is after a meeting, you've got to like follow up. You prove that you were listening by following up and, 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 not even you don't even have to take action on it just acknowledge the fact that well of what you heard you know so to me that kind of it, i think of um you know do them a favor you know not vice versa um shut up and listen <laughs> and then act on what you learn you know and and i mean eat Voice of the customer, I mean, you're talking about when you're able to get there with them face-to-face in, in the ideal situation. You're able to sit down with them, where, regardless of where, where the sure. environment is or anything like that. But even, even in things like surveys, um, you know, there are two kinds of surveys. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. There are two there's two actually there's two types of research. One, it, and and the best way to describe it is. Research is like the drunk leaning on the lamppost at night. Is the drunk leaning on the lamppost for support or illumination? Is your survey, is your research, is your interview designed to support some a, a, a conclusion you've already made? Or are you trying, or are you looking for illumination? Uh, and I think you, you made a really important point there when you said, like, like part three, the after part, is that the a, a huge complaint I hear from people very often 
is, oh, you guys do these, you do these surveys or you do these focus groups or anything like that. We never hear about anything that you learned or we never hear about any changes that are made. So, um, you know, and I'm probably getting ahead of us here a little bit with this by saying this, but I think, you see, it's, I think it's part of that in the voice of the customer is that it's about the customer, <laughs> yes. right? It's called, and, and from it's beginning to end, voice of customer. And I know that's what it's our called. objective it's is to voice of me. It's just to just shut up and listen. I mean, have questions, but, and, and then like you also said, you know, don't lead the witness, you know, don't, don't say, don't turn it. Don't, don't say something, something like, oh, you know, you know, well, our product does this. No, shut the F up. Right. Uh, um, right. Well, see, this now, is if I, if I were uh, Gary, Gary V, Gary v, I wouldn't have said F, but, uh, uh, <laughs> or you would have multiple times. So, yeah, so, yeah I, um, I think that a lot of research is done to confirm things that, you know, we got a great idea, let's go. And then some executive says, well, you better go test that. Go out and talk to some customers and make sure that they like the idea. Even saying yeah. it that See, way. just even saying that, do they like <laughs> the idea? Of course they do. Yeah. Because you went and asked them. Yeah, but could you, you but could you, could you, you said, make it, to, could you put that, could you put that on off switch over here instead? Well, you know, people are at the end of the day are fairly agreeable. And so when you suggest things to them, it's like they don't want to insult you and send you packing. They, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You could put it over there. That's good. Great. That's just what we needed to know. Thank you. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's what's the, awesome. The, the, now, the, the key to VOC is to instead of understanding specifics or ideas or solutions is to understand desired outcomes. I want to, I want, I want to uh, maximize my ability to turn on and off the equipment at a distance, or I want to minimize time required to turn on and off the equipment. Now, moving the, the on off switch might be the way to do it. But, but now that you understand the desired outcome, your engineers who are the smartest people on earth about your business, uh, they might figure out something else. There's a remote start that you never even thought of. Maybe there, it, maybe it's on all the time and there actually is no on off switch. I mean, who the hell knows? Yeah. But you, you will come back to the customer and address their desired outcome and you, and you solve that for them. And they're like, Holy, that's innovation. Wow. Right. 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 I'll, I'll, I will share uh, an example of one of my clients that uh, uh, our clients, you know, my smoking hot wife, Kay, I always, it, it, I have of to course. recognize yeah. she, she's part yeah. of the team. So, uh, so our clients and they uh, manufacture, uh, oh gosh, uh, what is it called? Rotary something machines. Anyway, um, they're, they're these really cool uh, machines that replace that like one machine would replace, you know, like 10 lathes, you know, yes, in, a, yes. in a machine shop. Right. Yes. Okay. And, um, and there, and, and 
and so it's it's faster it's it's more reliable ultimately that it is a cheaper that it's a lot cheaper for that it, it takes less time you know to do a thousand of these things these pieces than it would be on those 10 lathes and or anything like that and um and and they could they just simply couldn't get the attention of the marketplace they just couldn't get these guys to 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 because they said they because they're they're going no, they're nobody, going nobody really what do you mean cares. you don't want it you don't want faster you don't want cheaper or anything like that and these guys are going mm. well i don't want to you know i've already paid for these machines you know i'm going to yeah. keep these machines because they're paid for it they're working just fine they're filling our orders you know and then i'm gonna you know in in, in 10 years i'm gonna sell the business and leave right and uh, so for us, you know, so we said, okay, there's something, there's something missing here that we're not paying attention to, right? And so we went out, kind of did a voice of the customer, you know, we reached out, talking to people, and 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 every time we talked to people, they kind of kept coming back with this. Well, I've already paid for these machines. I don't need to pay for you know pay for any more. I want to you know I want to keep going until I sell my business. All yeah, right. Yeah. And then we said, well, we asked the question, what if you couldn't sell your business? And? And they go, well, how would that happen? And we <laughs> didn't know the answer. So what I did was I went out and I found a company who helped businesses like B2B manufacturers sell their companies i think i know where this is going and i asked the question and i'm talking to this guy and i asked the question i said what's the number one problem that you have with guys that are trying to sell their business and he said their business isn't worth as much as they think it is why not because their machines are old <laughs> uh-huh and all of a sudden i'm like Bingo. Bingo. And so then I go back to the and, and I just I asked the question. I said, you know, how much do you think your business is worth? And they'd say something like, oh, I don't know, 10 million, 20 million dollars, something like that. I said, what if, what if I told you that your business is only worth four? Because you're holding on to these these machines that you've already paid for. And it completely changed the perspective of both the customers that we were trying to talk to, as well as the, the company who was trying to sell these, these machines. Would you have come up with that in a conference room back at the... Back not a chance. No, not a chance. I would no. never have, you know, until, until all of a sudden I started hearing the words, sell my business, sell my business. Yeah. 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 So so this is a long, long time ago. I had a friend. He's actually a, a he's kind of a famous food author. His name's Mike Ruhlman. Um, look him up. R-U-H-L-M-A-N. Um, great books. Um, and uh, he, we grew up together and 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 now he, he's an author and and uh, and all that. But uh, he, he was trying to figure out. Loomis, I, I still don't understand what you do for a living. Mm. And I finally figured out how to tell him. I said, I'm a marketing private detective. And he's like, 
Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, it's funny because anybody who's... Um, we tape this and we put this on our YouTube channels. So there's a video of what you're hearing on this podcast. And on the video, if you watched it, uh, uh, Steve and I are both wearing hats today. <laughs> so Steve's wearing a Panama hat and I'm wearing Panama one Jack. That, that, that looks a little bit like a detective hat um, from the right. old days. From the old days. Yeah. And um, uh, we, very we, strange. We look very good. We look good. Steve we and I, good. we do look really, really good. That is strange. But also we bought these hats <laughs> at the exact same store, which is so strange. Um, but my point is, uh, when we're doing voice of customer, think of yourself as a marketing private detective. And there's something to be found. There's some mystery that only you can unlock. And the only way to unlock it is by talking to customers and asking them open-ended questions, probing and listening. And then you're going to find the mystery. You're going to find like these jewels or like Indiana Jones type stuff. And these are things that can totally turn your business around. That's right. That's right. That's and exactly competitors, right. I guarantee if you learn how to do voice of customer right in B2B, you will run circles around your competitors because they're doing it. They think they're doing it. So that's great. But they're doing it the way we started this whole conversation, which is, oh, yeah, our sales guys go out there all the time. and They're talking to people. Yep. And so let them do that and let them think that they're doing VOC. And then you run circles around them. Yep. And they don't know why. Nope. How do they find that out? How did, well, why are they, what are they doing that is making them run circles around us? And yeah. they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. So I think this is a conversation, again, it's like a lot of the topics that we have that we need to talk more about. Um, I would encourage people that are listening to this or watching this to send us questions about that. Well, in, in particular, you know, send the Dave Loomis questions about, uh, about VOC. He's the pro from Dover. Um, basically anything that I know about it and that I've done pretty much has been stolen from him, uh, e even, even inadvertently. And, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's got it dialed in and this is so important for businesses. So, um, we we're out of time today. And so I'm going to say to my, my, uh, uh, partner in crime, Take us out of here. We will talk about this topic again sometime soon, but not next week. We've got another topic for, for you next, next week. Um, what, what is our topic for next week? Well, it, this was suggested by, a, uh, by Justin, a, a, a loyal listener, and it is uh, marketing and sales departments. How do, how do they coexist? They hate each other. This is going to be fun. They hate oh, each you other. Gave it You're giving it away. Giving uh, it away. I know, but it's, they hate each other. So, it you know. away. okay, that's for that's for next time. So this has been the B2B marketing and sales podcast. See, Notice how he not, gets it right the first time. Not Every time he gets say. it right the first time. So it was not that hard to say. Not, not for but, you. And it's with Steve Miller who is not the rock star, and myself, Dave Loomis, the Dave Loomis, the voice. And that's it. 
thanks for joining me. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. The source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insights. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to B2Bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you and keep on marketing. Keep on selling.